back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Wednesday show for week 25. Uh, today's day, April 5th of 2023. I'm your host, Karsten. Welcome back to the show or welcome to the show if you're new. Uh, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. Um, yeah, week 25, last week of the NBA regular season. Of course, a lot of uh, key matchups throughout this week and uh, last night was no different Tuesday night. We had 13 games total. Um, and so we're going to kind of run through those um, semi quickly. Um, we might not spend a ton of time on each game individually. Firstly, um, this game, not of too much weight as far as, you know, postseason positioning the Toronto Raptors win in Charlotte against the Hornets. 120 to 100 um, in so doing they sweep their season series against the Hornets. So uh, congratulations to them. Um, not too crazy. As far as the flow of this game, the Raptors able to take control in the second quarter and they ended up winning the game for the Hornets. All five starters scored in double figures. Um, a lot of players who are more deep in their rotation getting a chance to start um, in the absence of some of their key players sitting out with rest, with injury, things of that nature. Uh, leading scorer for the Hornets was Bryce McGowan's uh, starting at forward. He had 20 points in this one. Nick Richards starting at center had 18 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Svi Mikhailuk, 17 points, 7 assists. And Theo Maladon, 13 points and 11 assists. Meanwhile, for the Raptors, they had three players with 20 or more points, those being Pascal Siakam, uh, Chris Boucher off the bench, and Will Barton off the bench. Uh, so they got some spread out scoring there. They had seven players in total in double figures. Um, Siakam also had 14 rebounds, four assists, two steals, and two blocks. So had a nice well-rounded game. Fred Van Vliet, 16 points, six assists, and four steals. And OG Ananobi with 17 points, two steals, and a block, and five assists. Uh, so the Raptors get the win there in Charlotte. Next, the Miami Heat win in Detroit against the Pistons, 118 to 105. Um, as they continue to make their own push, see if they can overtake the Nets and solidify a pure playoff spot and um, elevate themselves out of the play-in position. But again, the Nets still hold the advantage there. Pretty competitive game, 23 lead changes throughout, but the Heat able to come out on top at the end of it. For the Pistons, they had um, 30 points from Jaden Ivey and 20 points, 14 rebounds from Jalen Duran. So they're two Rookie draft picks from this last draft really coming in strong in this game. Uh, they got 15 points from Isaiah Livers, 14 points for James Wiseman, and 11 off the bench for Eugene Omarui. Meanwhile, for the Heat, 27 from Jimmy Butler, 22 for Gabe Vincent, 18 each for Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero, and 11 points off the bench for Kyle Lowry. So the Heat just a little bit more balanced as they get the victory there in Detroit. Next, the Cleveland Cavaliers win in Orlando against the Magic, 117-113. to 113, uh, And that locks in a 50-plus win season for the Cavs, the first time since uh, LeBron's final year in Cleveland. So that's notable. Um, and Donovan Mitchell, yet another game of 40-plus points. Uh, fourth straight game doing so. So that's very impressive. He's the first Cleveland Cavalier to do that um, in their franchise's history. Uh, 11, excuse me, 11 lead changes throughout. So pretty back and forth game as well. But again, Cleveland able to come out on top um, for the magic. They were led by 
Markel Fultz, 23 points for him and eight assists, 20 points, 10 rebounds for Paolo Bencaro, the rookie standout, 17 each for Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter Jr. Carter Jr. also had 12 rebounds in this game and two steals, 15 off the bench for Cole Anthony and 10 off the bench for Goga Bitadze. Meanwhile, for the Cavs, we mentioned Mitchell, 43 points in this one. Another great scoring night. Uh, 19 points off the bench for Karis LeVert. He was their second leading scorer. 16 points, 10 assists for Darius Garland. 14.7 rebounds for Evan Mobley. 12.7 rebounds and two blocks for Jarrett Allen uh, getting back into the lineup. So good win for Cleveland there. Next, the Milwaukee Bucks. Winning on the road in Washington against the Wizards, 140 to 128. And uh, Giannis yet again has a very strong game. The Bucks, uh, with massive leads throughout the second half, uh, really controlling this game. For the Wizards, uh, similar to another team we talked about, they had a lot of guys starting with big minutes that normally don't play a lot simply because of uh, rotational needs, players sitting out with rest and or injuries. Um, their leading score was Kendrick Nunn. He had 24 points off the bench, uh, 20 points for Johnny Davis getting the start in this game, um, 17 points off the bench for Jay Huff as well. Huff also had nine rebounds and two steals. Um 15 for Daniel Gafford starting at center, 14 points for Jordan Goodwin, uh, 12 points for Corey Kispert, and 10 points for Quentin Jackson. Meanwhile, the Bucks, Giannis, of course, great game, triple-double here, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, two steals and a block, doing a bit of everything on the floor there. Uh, 26 points, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds for Drew Holiday. Nearly had teammates with triple-doubles there. Uh, 20 points for Brooke Lopez, 19 points for Jay Crowder, 19 points as well for Bobby Portis, but he also had 20 rebounds. Uh, they also had 12 points from Joe Ingles. So there was just a bevy of impressive statistical performances from the Bucks, um, both individually and team-wise, as they were able to get a great win in Washington, uh, moving closer to clinching that number one seed last night. Uh, so great job there. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves win in Brooklyn against the Nets, 107 to 102. Um, this one a little bit more consequential compared to some of those other games as far as both these teams uh, very much in the thick of, you know, postseason positioning type um, battles as these, you know, next few days elapse. Uh, 24 lead changes throughout. Very close game. No one led by more than um, 11 points. That was the Nets lead very briefly at the early, early third quarter. Um, for the Nets, they were led by Mikael Bridges and Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie with 30 points, 6 assists. Bridges with 24 points, uh, 2 steals and 1 block. Doing his defensive thing along with his recent scoring numbers. 14 points each for Cameron Johnson and Dorian Finney-Smith. Finney-Smith also had 10 rebounds. Nick Claxton with 9 rebounds and 4 blocks. Meanwhile, for the Timberwolves... um, their uh, big front line, Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, got the job done. Towns with 22 points, 14 rebounds. Gobert with 12 points, 12 rebounds. So they controlled the, the boards inside. 23 points for Anthony Edwards. He was their leading scorer. He also had two blocks and a steal. So he had the defensive numbers as well. Uh, Mike Conley with 18 points, but also one rebound, one assist, one steal, and one block. So putting up together that. Quadruple single along with his 18 points. Kind of a fun stat line there. 15 points for Jaden McDaniels. He also had three steals and a block. 
and 10 rebounds off or excuse me, 10 assists off the bench for Kyle Anderson slow-mo. Um, you know, Timberwolves have a unique team. They've got Carl Anthony Towns back. They should be a team to watch for in that uh, play-in, playoff type mix in the West, um, as are a lot of teams. So great win for them in this one. Next, this was a big game, maybe the most notable. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers win at home against the Boston Celtics, 103 to 101. Close game, but Joel Embiid absolutely um, goes off. Uh, maybe in re- you know. Uh, as a response to the game against the Bucks, maybe more coincidence. You know, we'll let you, the the listener, be the judge of that. Eight lead changes, but it was close throughout. No team leading by more than nine points. Um, but the Sixers able to come out on top in this game for the Celtics. They had six players in double figures. The leading scorer being Derek White, twenty six points for him with seven rebounds, four assists, two blocks. Uh, Tatum, 19 points, six rebounds, six assists, three steals as well. Uh, 17 points for Marcus Smart, 18 points off the bench for Malcolm Brogdon. Meanwhile, for the Sixers, Joel Embiid, 52 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, and two blocks. You know, MVP level numbers. And again, he is right in there in that mix with Giannis, with Jokic, with Tatum. Those guys, you know. It's a fairly close race. It's probably either Embiid or Jokic at this point. But again, um, a few different good candidates this season. But great you know, individual game from Embiid. 20 points, 10 assists for James Harden, doing what he needed to do in that support role. 11 points for P.J. Tucker. Uh, otherwise, those were their double-figure scores. So it looks like they really needed every bit of Embiid scoring and uh, individual play in this game to be able to get the victory. So great job to Embiid in particular. Um, nice win for the Sixers all round. Next, the Atlanta Hawks win in Chicago against the Bulls, 123 to 105. Um, that is uh, their second straight victory, the back-to-back wins. Um, except for a brief moment in the first two minutes, the Bulls never led. Um, Hawks led by as many as 20 points. Um, pretty solid all-round game for Atlanta in this one. For the Bulls, they had... Five players in double figures, being led by Zach Levine's 26 points and six assists. 21 points for DeMar DeRozan. 19 points, 10 rebounds for Nikola Vucevic. 15 points off the bench for Patrick Williams. And 11 points for Patrick Beverly. Meanwhile, for the Hawks, Bogdan Bogdanovich starting in this game, 26 points. Uh, 18 points for Sadiq Bey. 17 for DeJounte Murray with nine assists. 16 off the bench for Jalen Johnson, 11 off the bench for Onyeko Kungwu, and Clint Capella starting 13 points and 14 rebounds. The Hawks a little bit better all round. Uh, Trey Young not playing in this game, but didn't seem to matter. Atlanta still comes out on top. That's an important game as far as those two teams being fairly close in the Eastern Conference standings, so a nice win for Atlanta in that case. Uh, Next, a surprising one, the Houston Rockets winning at home against the Denver Nuggets. 124 to 103, uh, delaying the Nuggets' pursuit of that clinched number one seed in the Western Conference. Um, back and forth game, nine lead changes through the first three quarters, and then the Rockets uh, went on a run in the fourth to seal the victory in this one. For the Nuggets, they were led by Michael Porter Jr.'s scoring. He had 23 points, seven rebounds. Uh, Jokic doing his thing, 14 points. 10 rebounds, only four assists, and eight turnovers. A bit of an off night there um, in the playmaking, but he did have three blocks and two steals, so still productive all around. 
13 points for Aaron Gordon with nine rebounds, four assists, and four blocks. Uh, 10 points off the bench for Peyton Watson, the rookie. Um, meanwhile, for the Rockets, they had seven players in double figures, being led by Jalen Green's 32 points. Uh, 20 points, 10 rebounds for Alperen Shangun. 20 points as well for Kevin Porter Jr., along with nine assists and two steals. 16 points, 13 rebounds for Jabari Smith Jr., and a nice all-round victory for the Houston Rockets in this one. Next, the Memphis Grizzlies won at home against the Portland Trailblazers, 119 to 109. Um, they get closer to clinching that second seed in the Western Conference, just behind the Nuggets, um, and technically still have that chance uh, after Tuesday's games to maybe usurp the Nuggets and take that one seed. It's very unlikely, but there's a chance. Um, looking at the uh, the flow of the game. Uh, Grizzlies got a nice early lead. Trailblazers fought back, uh, took the lead a few times, but then the Grizzlies still able to come out on top with the victory. For the Trailblazers, they were led by Skylar Mays, 24 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. The recent 10-day contract, he's more than showing his value there. 20 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists for the rookie, Shaden Sharp. 13 off the bench for uh, Shaq Harrison. 16 for Jabari Walker and 10 for John Butler Jr., uh, the the Trailblazers, one of those teams really impacted by injuries. They're signing a lot of 10-day contracts, playing a lot of guys minutes that haven't had a bunch of minutes this season. So um, that explains a little bit of that impact for the Grizzlies, though. 30 points for Desmond Bain. He also had seven rebounds, five assists. John Morant, 23 points, nine assists, six rebounds. Um, 20 for Luke Kennard, 17 with seven boards for Jaron Jackson Jr., 16 points off the bench for David Roddy, the rookie, and 11 rebounds off the bench for Santi Aldama. Uh, so, again, a nice win for Memphis. Uh, about four more games here. Again, a heavy slate from last night's action. Firstly, the Sacramento Kings winning in New Orleans against the Pelicans, 121-103. to And in so doing, the Kings clinched the Pacific Division title, their first Pacific Division title since the 2003 season. Uh, so about 20 years uh, at this point. So the Kings great season continues to get better. Uh, the Kings led uh, every minute from the second quarter onward, um, leading by as many as 24 points towards the end of the game for the Pelicans. They had six players in double figures. The main guys being Brandon Ingram, 22 points, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals and a block as well. They also got 17 from Trey Murphy III, uh, 13 from Jonas Valanciunas, 12 each from C.J. McCollum and Dyson Daniels, the rookie guard coming off the bench, and 11 for Herbert Jones. Meanwhile, for the Kings, uh, six players as well in double figures, just those guys scored a little bit more. 23 for De'Aaron Fox with nine assists, 21 for Keegan Murray. 16 points, 12 rebounds, and 11 assists for DeMondis Sabonis, another triple-double. Uh, 16 as well for Harrison Barnes, 17 off the bench for Malik Monk, and 11 for Kevin Herter as the Kings get another great win in that one. Next, this was a noteworthy, noteworthy one. Um, a sad one for me, of course, as a Jazz fan, but uh, you know, credit to the Lakers. They really fought out this win, a uh, hard-fought victory, uh, and they continue to impress and make up incredible ground in that Western Conference playoff picture. 
Uh, the Lakers win in Utah against the Jazz, 135 to 133 in overtime. Um, big game for them. Back and forth game, 13 lead changes. Close, of course, at the very end. Um, but the Lakers come out on top. For the Jazz, they had three players with 20 or more points. Kelly Olenek and Taylor Horton Tucker each had 23 points. And Ochai Agbaji, the rookie, had 22 points. Uh, Tail and Horton Tucker also had eight, uh, excuse me, seven assists, two steals and a block. Uh, and Kelly Olenek had seven rebounds, seven assists. They also got 16 points, eight rebounds from Damian Jones, 15 points for Colin Sexton, 12 for Lucas uh, Semanic, and 10 points for Chris Dunn. For the Lakers, LeBron James, 37 points, six assists, five rebounds, 28 points for Austin Reeves. 21 points, 14 rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two blocks for Anthony Davis. Another great all-round game. Dennis Schroeder with 18 points, and Roy Hachimura, 17 points coming off the bench, as, again, the Lakers get a very pivotal game for them. Um, Second-to-last game here, the Golden State Warriors win at home against the Oklahoma City Thunder, 136-125. to Steph Curry, a big part of this one, sort of as you'd expect. The Warriors didn't lead until the fourth quarter. The Thunder looked like they had a good chance to win this, but then the Warriors had one of their great second-half runs, and they were able to come out on top. For the Thunder, they were led by Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 32 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, uh, 19 points for Jalen Williams. That's L-E-N, Jalen Williams. 17 points for Luquenz Dort, 15 for Josh Giddy, and 14 for Isaiah Joe off the bench along with Aaron Wiggins, 11 off the bench. For the Warriors, Steph Curry, 34 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, and Jordan Poole right beside him, 30 points as well. Those two made 11 threes combined, Steph Curry with 6, Jordan Poole with 5, both of them shooting above 40% from 3. Outside of those two, 17 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals and 2 blocks for Draymond Green, another one of his uh, unique all-round stat lines, 16 points for Dante DiVincenzo uh, with six rebounds, five assists, and two steals, 13 points for Moses Moody, the sophomore, and 11 rebounds for Kevon Looney off the bench, Uh, so a great win for Golden State. And finally, the Phoenix Suns winning at home against the San Antonio Spurs, 115-94, to um, and the Suns officially clinched their spot in the playoffs with that win, so congratulations to them for that. Um, the Suns never trailed in this game, so they really had a hold on this one. For the Spurs, they had uh five players in double figures, 21 points for Malachi Branham. He led them in scoring, 20 points for Trey Jones with nine assists, 13 each for Keta Bates Diop and Sandrew Mamukalashvili, and 10 points off the bench from Julian Champagny. Um, Champagny, hopefully, I'm pronouncing that name right, one of those two. For the Suns, they had six players with double-figure scoring, led by Devin Booker's 27 points, seven rebounds, three assists, and three steals. 22 points for Chris Paul, 19 points, 11 rebounds for DeAndre Ayton, 18 points for Kevin Durant, 15 points, 10 rebounds off the bench for Torrey Craig, and 10 points off the bench for Bismack Biombo. Uh, so again, a nice win for the Suns. They clinch the playoffs, and that takes care of our game summaries from last night's action.
comparatively, our key news from uh, the last day or so, uh, a lot less small. The the big updates are really just the playoff picture and where things stand in that uh, on that front, rather. We, of course, already mentioned the Klings, the, the Kings clinching that Pacific Division championship. So congratulations again. Um, the Bulls did officially clinch a play-in tournament appearance um, alongside the uh, Hawks and the Raptors, who either had already done that or clinched tonight. Um, and then, of course, the Suns. We mentioned them, too. Also, the Indiana Pacers have been officially eliminated from that uh, postseason contention. We kind of knew that would only be a matter of time. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and again, that was really the main bit of key news. So that'll segue us nicely into our playoff previews. Here's the current playoff picture um, as things stand right now. Uh, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs, and Knicks. Those five teams in the Eastern Conference have all clinched playoff spots. Uh, the Bucks and the Celtics have clinched their division. Um, meanwhile, the Hawks, the Raptors and the Bulls have all clinched play in tournament appearances. Then teams like the Magic, the Pacers, the Wizards, the Hornets and the Pistons. Those five have all been eliminated from the postseason entirely. The the East at this point is pretty much set. You know, we can talk a little bit about tonight. Uh, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs, those teams have kind of clinched those those seeds. So it will likely be, you know, Bucks one, Celtics two, Sixers three, Cavs four. I think that might actually be locked in as far as those specific, um, you know, rankings for those teams in the postseason, those specific seeds. Um, the only real bit of intrigue as far as what could happen in the East. And again, I think Knicks have clinched five officially as well. The one thing that could change is Miami's trying to make a run for Brooklyn spot. We mentioned that very briefly. Um, if Miami can string some wins together, Brooklyn loses out, then Miami would take that sixth seed, not be in the play-in tournament, and Brooklyn would instead be playing in the play-in tournament. But more likely, the Heat will probably find themselves, again, just as far as, you know, the Heat would have to have a really nice run and the Nets would really have to drop off. And so it's more likely that the Nets will hold on to that sixth seed, that playoff spot, and the Heat will be in the play-in tournament. Um, but again, that's really the big intrigue in the East. And we've already kind of, you know, the last day or two um, talked about that a little bit with the the playoff picture in the East and the playoff picture in general. The intrigue, of course, comes with the Western Conference. Um the update, of course, Kings clinching the Pacific Division. Um, but otherwise, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, and Suns so far are the only teams to officially clinch the playoffs in the Western Conference. Spots five and six are still technically up for grabs as far as that official um, playoff, you know, clinching and positioning. Um, the Trailblazers, the Spurs, and the Rockets are your three teams that have been officially eliminated from postseason contention. And so you have still a mix of um, eight teams that ha have not officially clinched their, you know, either being eliminated from the postseason, being in the play in play in tournament or the playoffs. And those teams are the Golden State Warriors, the LA Clippers, the Los Angeles Lakers, 
the New Orleans Pelicans, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Utah Jazz. And the order we read those in was from the fifth seed down to the twelfth seed. So that's the positioning of the current moment. Warriors and Clippers looking to hold out, finish strong, clinch those playoff spots. Teams like the Lakers and the Pelicans are towards the top half of the play-in. They have a chance to sneak into into playoff territory in those last few games, but more than likely they'll clinch play-in. Teams like the Timberwolves and the Thunder uh, at this point are in decent standing as far as the play-in tournament, but they need to have a good finish themselves. They don't want to let a team like the Dallas Mavericks try and sneak their way back in. The Jazz, meanwhile, still technically have a chance, but more than likely within the next day or so, they will probably be eliminated from the postseason picture. Um, So we're starting to see a little bit of solidification as far as, you know, these teams clear fates. For the longest time, these teams were so close as far as, you know, games separating them that it was really hard to distinguish one from the other. And now we're starting to see a bit of that separation. The Pelicans, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, those teams are all just a little bit above, you know, that that other half of that group. Um, those four teams would be pretty safe bets to be postseason, regardless of play in or playoffs. You know, Timberwolves still pretty good position. The Thunder are tied with the Mavericks right now, though. Um, and this is probably including some of tonight's games. And so that's a big intrigue. Um the Mavericks have slid a lot recently. Can they rebound in the last couple of games, get it done just under the radar and find themselves in the play-in? Or will the Thunder be able to fulfill on the promise they've shown throughout much of the season and be able to clinch that play-in spot and eliminate the Mavericks? You know, that's really the intrigue. Um, and that's the way, you know, that's what we're re- really looking at with the play-in picture, the playoff picture as a whole. You know, I think, uh, of course, tonight I was actually just watching this game uh, prior to starting tonight's episode tonight. The Lakers in uh, the L.A. Clippers home, uh, even though they share the home, but the Clippers are the host team in this matchup. Uh, The Clippers hosting the Lakers. They're tied as I'm looking at this 41 and 38. Um, That game has probably Uh, finished up or is in the last couple of minutes as I'm talking about it. But that's a big one because if the Lakers can win, they can push the Clippers down into the play-in tournament and the Lakers for really the first time all season can legitimately be in that playoff picture. Um, Meanwhile, if the Clippers win, they continue to hold that spot and the Lakers retie themselves with New Orleans and they're still just in that play-in mix. But there's still some intrigue there. Warriors only a half game ahead of the Clippers uh, themselves. And so whoever wins the Clippers Lakers matchup tonight, they will then be tied with the Warriors for fifth. And so there's a lot of moving parts there as far as who's going to, you know, lock in a little bit more favorable position. Um, Although that is an interesting part of this because you can't really argue that Sacramento has been the more solid team, um, beginning to end for this regular season. They've been well-balanced. They've been consistent and they've been very, you know, very well coached. They've got, they've got a great roster, but the Suns 
obviously have the higher upside, the, you know, greater talent level, especially in their top, you know, four or five players. And so the Suns sitting at four right now and likely will finish as a four seed, um, barring anything crazy. But the Suns, you know, if you are a team that moves up into fifth, you're now facing um, Durant healthy again with Booker, Paul, Aiton, and a pretty good bench. Or in the sixth spot, you're facing Sacramento, a solid team. That's going to be a tough home court to play, you know, be a road team playing against the Kings. Um, but you could make an argument that they're not as talented as the Suns. But again, the, the Kings have been great all year regardless. So I think, you know, that's debatable as far as trying to really make that argument and say, oh, it actually be better to be a sixth seed because then you play the Kings and blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, then you're getting into the area of discounting what the Kings have done this season. And I think that would be uh, disingenuous to do. You know, the Kings have been on the same level as the Suns easily. Um, so that would just be unfair to do that. But it's something interesting, at least if you want to talk about matchups, you know, what your team has as far as a specific roster, how that matches up with another certain team. There's something to be said for that. You know, that can be valuable. But again, it's an intriguing play in playoff postseason picture as a whole. And that's just a quick update. That's a talk through what we're looking looking at. Some of the big storylines there. Um, and again, it'll be something to watch. It's what we're all focused on in these last few days uh, of the regular season. So I feel like there's not really much more I can add to it at this moment other than that's the way things stand at the moment. Um, so with that, let me go ahead and segue to our weekly predictions. Um, my weekly prediction, we talked a bit about the Mavericks with that postseason talk. And my prediction is Mavericks related. Uh, my prediction is that Kyrie Irving will leave the Dallas Mavericks in free agency this summer. And that's it. And so this is something that will, you know, probably revisit during the summer when of course we know for sure whether this ends up falling true or not. Um, I've mentioned in the past that I'd like to do a weekly prediction uh, follow-up towards the end of the regular season, beginning of the playoffs where we look back at the predictions we've made, you know, Justin and I um, and see which ones have, you know, been, on the mark, which ones were way off, which ones still need some time to see if they end up becoming true. And so, um, yeah, this one, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm not so sold on the fact that Kyrie would want to be in Dallas specifically. Um, to be fair, I don't really see a reason why he wouldn't want to be. Um, but he seems like the, you know, the player that would like to be on a, on a Lakers Clippers team or a, obviously he was with Brooklyn, um, you know, b- bigger markets, you know, bigger notoriety teams, you know, Dallas is a, is a pretty big market. I guess that's a good point, but um, the Mavericks, despite a championship don't have the deepest of NBA lore. 
compared to some of those other teams. And maybe he doesn't give a crap about that. Um, that's just the way I kind of see it and what seems like what he might be interested in. Um, of course, this whole, you know, line of thought and a lot of what, you know, collective sports media in general and NBA media, you know, along with that, you know, we try and picture the thought process of players, you know, more often than anyone ever should and often to a fault. And it's like, you know, do we really know? I mean, you're not that person. And how often do you actually, how how well do you know the person? How often do you talk to them? You know, so I don't want to be guilty of that. I'm sure I've, you know, I've done it more often than I'd like to admit, but um, you know, it just seems like an odd fit. And especially if they, you know, they have a good chance of missing the postseason. If that happens, yet Kyrie and Luca, despite some injury troubles, you still couldn't make the postseason with, you know, a modern NBA that has the play-in tournament. You know, two thirds of your conference makes the postseason in some form, and if you're unable to make it in that structure with your talent you have, that's, um, you know, concerning is one word for it. And so um, that's my prediction. You know, not really much more I can say about it than that, but um, certainly something we'll be talking about uh, plenty over the next few weeks, especially depending on what happens with the Mavericks in their own postseason chase. So keep an eye on that for sure. Um, With that, let's go ahead and briefly mention the award chases. I mentioned it very briefly talking about Joel Embiid's big game. And I mentioned it actually when we talked about that Bucks Sixers game. You know, one game isn't going to decide the MVP. And just as much as, you know, Giannis, quote unquote, winning the matchup against Embiid didn't exclude Embiid from the MVP race, the same goes for this game, this great game against the Celtics. That doesn't automatically win him MVP either. Again, it's a whole season award, it's a collective thing. You know, I was confident that. Embiid is still a great player and he was capable of one of these games. I didn't think it would happen so soon after, you know, a quote unquote off night, but that race is still very close and that'll be very intriguing to see whether it's Embiid, Jokic, or maybe another guy like a Tatum or a Giannis. So that's kind of where it's been. Um, Defense player of the year, about the same. Um, A lot of the others kind of about the same, although there is some intrigue with six man of the year. Um, of course, with Russell Westbrook, he was one of my favorites for that award. He's now the starting point guard for the Clippers, has been for the last you know month, month and a half. Um, and so that's kind of gone out the window a bit. So that's some intrigue. But otherwise, things kind of look the same. I think we'll have a lot more specifics to talk about once the season wraps up and we get into next week's shows. We then have the full regular season to look back and say, you know, a little bit more clearly without trying to predict where, you know, how players will play going forward. Okay. Here's that full body of work. If we were voting based on this, who would we pick? Um, so I think we'll have some good conversation around that next week, but with that, that go ahead and that, that uh, it kind of takes care of the show. Uh, excuse me, kind of fumbling over my words there, but let's go ahead and do our, this day in history fact and get things wrapped up here. So we're going back to 1984 
um, nearly 40 years ago at this point. Um, and based on what happened this season, this is a very apt fact to talk about. So April 5th of 1984, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar hit his trademark skyhook in a game against Utah in Las Vegas to surpass Wilt Chamberlain's career total of 31,419 points, becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer as the Lakers defeated the Jazz 129-115. to Abdul-Jabbar would go on to score a record 38,387 points in his legendary career. Um, again, certainly apt since this season that mark was finally broken, a mark that many thought would never be broken. Uh, LeBron James, now the league's all-time leading scorer. Um, this is a unique one as, as well because people maybe don't realize that the Jazz, for a number of years, played a series of home games uh, in Las Vegas at the Thomas Mack Center, um, the arena where the UNLV Running Rebels play and so that's an interesting footnote and you know such a monumental moment in nba history happening in a you know secondary home site like that you think of the boston celtics they often played a series of home games in uh hartford connecticut and likewise the atlanta hawks would play some home games um for a time they played some random home games in new orleans and actually that's where Larry Bird scored his 60 points against the Hawks was in New Orleans, I believe. And so there's a few of those moments that happen in these weird offsite locations. Another one, the famous Larry Bird over the backboard shot that he hit. That was a home game, but it was in Hartford, Connecticut. And so that's an interesting, you know, thing to add on to this uh, fact, but otherwise, yeah, the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, the unblockable skyhook. I'm glad to see some G League guys, um, Xavier Simpson, and uh, maybe one or two other guys have started to implement the skyhook. It's kind of coming back into vogue. I like to see that. I'd like to see it on the NBA level, um, but that's cool to see. But yeah, always cool to talk about the greatest center of all time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, and with that, that takes care of the bulk of our show. Um want to thank you all for listening we really appreciate it if you want to check out our instagram page that's crossover across time on instagram all one word no caps we share content from the show and we also do our best to share content from across the nba so that page along with the podcast itself is a great way to stay up to date on what's going on in the nba as a whole um with that uh again thank you all for listening on tomorrow's show, we'll have our you know normal game summaries and key news, and we'll have one of the last franchise focus segments for the season. Uh, we're getting close to the end. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, so that'll be an interesting one to tune into. But again, thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you on tomorrow's show. 